0: This week, I'm joined by an old friend of mine, Jim Keenan from Keenan Technologies. Jim does everything technology for local small businesses. He helps them with monitoring, backups, antivirus, anything cybersecurity related, he can help out. He honestly opened my eyes to some of the things that he's dealing with and and some of the ways he's helping people. If you don't have someone in your small business monitoring your technology, helping you with security, um, you got to get in touch with Jim. He's great at what he does. Awesome guy. Appreciate the time that he took to talk with me today. So this is the Randy Forcier Podcast. You can do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. You can like us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. That would be great too. Appreciate all the support. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm joined by an old friend, Jim Keenan of Keenan Technologies. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Randy? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for coming on the pod. Hey, no worries. No worries. You know I like talking. You absolutely do. You're going to kind of run the show here. I'm just going to hand off to you and run with it. So, Well, yeah, we've known each other for a while. You have been in the technology industry for as long as I've known you, probably longer. Why don't we get a little bit of background on that, where you started and how you ended up with your own company? Sure.
1: It's funny because my whole experience with wanting to be in technologies came from buying my first pc
0: mm-hmm.
1: and ripping it apart the first day i owned it i took the ram out i took the hard drive apart i just wanted to see how it worked
0: were you totally doing it without knowing what you were doing and just figuring it out or did you okay it was, wow. it was 1998
1: 1997 right in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i had uh, gone out and i bought this pc and it came with a great big monitor and it came you know and all this kind of stuff and i had bought it because you know my my significant other at the time and I thought it would be great to have it and you know with AOL and the beep 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 and all that kind of <laughs> right stuff we were living in Denver so our whole family was back here so it was another Avenue to talk and and be back in in conversation with everybody mm-hmm. and we bought it on like a, a Wednesday or a Thursday or something like that and she came home from work and on the kitchen table was the compact that we just spent over $2,000 for.
0: It was a compact too. I remember that brand. It doesn't even exist anymore.
1: Right. It's HP compact now. So HP sometimes still puts out some models that that are under right, the moniker a- of compact. Yeah. But yeah, so I got it all put back together that same night. Everything went the way I thought it would be. I mean, a, a hard drive back then is, is tiny compared to what it is today. And I had a friend of mine who was living back here. And going to school in Massachusetts, and we just were we were able to start communicating and doing things like this, so it was awesome. And yeah. that technology bug bit me then. I'm like, oh, I love this and, and I, I love playing online games. I've, I've played forever. and I thought to myself, if I could make this a career like around this kind of stuff, it would be awesome.
0: Yeah. What were you so, doing at the time? Just something totally unrelated.
1: I was a blockbuster video store manager.
0: <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yep. No so,
1: kidding. I mean, so th- so really, that that actually kind of even led into it as well, because again, the the that was when Netflix actually sent you discs.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it was towards the end of the the blockbuster era and stuff like that. But you know, there was all this talk about you know faster speeds and stuff like that. And 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 in that time, I also I had left Best Buy and went to work for the phone company. Mm-hmm. And I was working in, like, the DSL department because there wasn't even, you know, cable really wasn't even really no. on the cable era And, I mean, people were just excited to be connected with more than just dial-up, you know? It's so
0: wild. That whole – I mean, I grew up with all that stuff. I had dial-up as a kid, and I don't th- – I think we kind of skipped DSL, but I remember that being a thing. That's just a faster version of a connection through the phone lines, right? Yeah, it's, so.
1: it, it's a it's a permanent always-on, per, yeah. you know.
0: You're not to dial-in.
1: But, yeah, right. since
0: cable, it's – it's been a lot different, but it's funny seeing how things have changed so much since then. an
1: adventure. Part of what I did is I came back to Maine in two thousand one, and you know, got a job working for Schwann's Home Service. Mm-hmm. And then... not
0: familiar with that company? Do they oh, do it's a,
1: the big yellow trucks that deliver frozen food? Okay, cool. So around done. every couple of weeks, and I, I was I was running a route for them, and I did that for a few years and stuff. And then my son was born, mm-hmm. and my wife is like, "No, no more. You can't. You can't. You know, this is." You're missing stuff. You're you know you're leaving at six six thirty in the morning, not getting home until ten at night. So we got to find something else. So I went online and I filled out a form that I found that was like a hundred questions, like what do you do when you find a ten dollar bill in the parking lot. So I filled that out and like eight o'clock the next morning, my phone rang, and I didn't answer because I didn't know who it was. I thought it was somebody calling me to get me to run a route or something, you know, for the for the job I was running. And then they call again almost immediately after. So I answer and it's a guy like, hey, you got to come down. We want to interview you. So I went down and I interviewed, and during the first interview, he's like, so let me get this straight. You went to school for computers, but you also have been working, talking to people and going to their houses repeatedly. like, yeah. He's like, so you've dealt with people on both ends of the spectrum. You have doctors, lawyers, all this kind of stuff, but you also have people that, you know, work and and do, like, manual labor for work. And I'm like, yeah, I've got everybody. And in that, and he's like, all right, I need you to meet my my manager. He didn't even know who I was interviewing for at the time. Didn't tell me. So, open the door, a guy comes out with a Best Buy shirt on. He's like, Yeah, we we really want to hire you for our geek squad. We don't normally hire to go out into the field. You know, we'd have you work in the store and then move to it. But with your experience, we'd like to hire you for the Bitterford store and have you work in the field.
0: Yeah, the Bitterford store that was open for like a second.
1: So when I, I ended up working for them, and within a year I was up in the small business section of, of Geek Squad and stuff, and, and working all over the place and all over New England, made some great friends there. And and then they kind of went away with that that program, and you know it's always evolving with, with retail and things like that. And I moved up into a more of a, not really management, but sort of management position. And and then I did a whole lot of home theater work for about a year and a half. Yeah. I realized I was not doing what I really wanted to do, putting TVs on the wall and putting speakers up and things like that. So I went on to Craigslist and I found a job that actually described what I was doing for the small business section of Geek Squad, very close. So I called and ended up, I ended up getting a job with a small company out of Lewiston. Mm-hmm. Great guy runs it. He's a, you know, he is a, he's a fantastic guy. The problem is, is that I've never done well when people ask me to fix something and I say, we should do it this way. And they go, well, it's not Jim's IT. We have to do it our way. So I finally decided that I'd make Jim's IT and I made Keenan Tech. And, you know, it was about eight years ago and here I am now, you know, I am I, doing well and, and I'm pretty well known throughout the state, you know, and it's, 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 you know, I'm a small company. It's just me. And I do work with a guy named Mitch Ogden out of Tennessee. He used to live here, but he takes care of all of my like server work and and you know, like all the late night upgrades and stuff. So yep. he takes care of that for me. And you know,
0: he and I make great partners. So we're doing well. What are the main
1: services that you offer? When I first started, I wanted to do everything. And every, every time somebody called, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And I'm like, I'll figure it out later. You know, like I was offering telephones for a while. I was doing all of the wire runs. You know, put them down through the wall and stuff, all from my home theater experience. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can do that. I was, I was working on servers. I was, you know, trying to get people into the cloud back before, like, Microsoft 365 and Google Workspaces were around. We were still working with companies trying to get people so that their their exchange and their email was hosted. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, with I, I sat there and said, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And I kept doing that. So I, I really overextended myself. And I really realized and started kind of pulling back. Like, I don't offer telephone systems anymore, but you know what? I've got a, a vendor for that that I deal with. So, like, if you called me or, or anybody called me and says, hey, I want, you know, let's talk voice over IP. I'll say, hey, I've got a, you know, I've got a, a vendor that I work with. I'd love to have you talk to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're just as happy to hop in. And when somebody calls them and says, hey, we need some, you know, Windows desktop support, they send it back my way. Yep. So we we do a lot of Windows desktop support. We support like QuickBooks and Sage products, which are you know very similar to QuickBooks. It is a, an accounting program. Mostly what I do for the, the bulk of my clients is I monitor and maintain their equipment every month just to make sure that like all the Windows updates are done. Make sure that Adobe is updated. Make sure Chrome updates the way it's supposed to.
0: This is funny. Um, I remember one time. I, I, while, while I was at Norcom, I had you come out to the office down on Main Street, we're at a different spot now. Yes. I having some issue with something. And it was, I think the root of the problem is like, just freaking do your updates on your yeah. computer. I think we just like updated my computer and like, you know, I feel like that's half the battle sometimes. Just I feel
1: like my memory says something like 43 updates needed.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> sounds know, about right. I actually yeah. think that's close to what it really was, but I see those notifications on the bottom right of my computer and it's like, just do that stuff without telling me, like, I don't need to click a bunch of buttons and the next thing I know I'm in the situation that I had to sure. come over there for, but I'm sure. And then that, that's just like a microcosm for people, right? Well, I mean, I but that's many,
1: where, you know, I, I can beat that system every day of the call me when something's it's it's, I do have a client that I'm working with currently that my, their system I monitor for them. And it told me that their hard drive is, is pending failure. And on four days in a row, it gave me the same, you know, as we were, you know, we thought we'd give it one day. And if it did it again, we would not. And then over the weekend while they were not there, it kept flagging the same error that the, that the hard drive was about to fail. So I went over yesterday and started, you know, doing that replacement and all that to, to make sure that they don't have a day when they're down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because think about it. I mean, Randy, our world works around all this technology. Think about what it's like for you to not have your, you know, have your communications for a day.
0: It's paralyzing. It's so yeah. frustrating because we work with, uh, we have some type of cloud arrangement. I'm not good with the words, but we access our virtual des- desktops through Citrix. And when right. that doesn't work, there is nothing that drives me more nuts than that because it's like, just work, you know, it's like, why, why aren't sure. you working? And, you, and can't you, can, do you can make
1: phone calls, but that's about it. But well, how do you get the number? Yeah, yeah. Because it's every, probably in
0: that system. So it makes sense to have someone like yourself monitoring that stuff. So when something goes wrong, you're not trying to. Figure well, between
1: it out. that and, and antivirus and and you know watching for you know cyber crime type stuff, you know, is it, it, encryption viruses are out there. I mean, the landscape of our technology these days, you know, there's just so much changing all the time, and trying to stay in front of that, and you know, every every day there's I I, I mean I can't even tell you how many how many viruses come out in a day, and every you know day. start attacking no everything. Virus. Yeah. So it's it's, it's it's just so important to have, you know, kind of that, that you know, I, I equate it sometimes to the angel and the devil on your shoulders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of like your IT going, hey, everything's looking good here. Like the angel going, hey, everything's great. And then this guy over here, the devil's going, hey, your hard drive is about to fail. We need to have you spend money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know there are plenty of companies out there that still are not offering the managed services and stuff, but I I have to tell you that, I mean, if you want cyber liability insurance, a lot of times that's keyed into, are you being monitored? Are the, you know, are the logs being updated? Are you, is somebody monitoring those logs to see who's trying to break in and trying to, you know, trying to compromise your systems?
0: So if you're going to get cyber liability insurance, a prerequisite of that is having someone monitor your system. Well,
1: if it's necessary, because I'm not an insurance person, I'll make that clear right now. But what I would say is that it seems that all the answer, like if you go through one of the, uh, if you go through one of those, the process of filling out the form, you know, it's like, hey, do you have, you know, two-factor authentic, you know, all these things that you're supposed to have. And it's awesome if you have somebody on site that can do that for you. Yeah. But let's face it, in the state of Maine, most companies can't afford to pay to have an IT guy all the time. Yeah. But yeah. for, you know, maybe a fifth of that price, you can have somebody who's watching your systems. Yep. You know, That's the same thing for a company that maybe has an IT guy already or gal, excuse me, an IT person. Imagine if they needed to hire somebody, but they're like, geez, we just can't afford to put another $50,000, $60,000 or more onto the payroll. Mm-hmm. But they could actually have me do all the monitoring and send all the tickets right to their IT professional. Yeah. Yeah. Who then can run, and if they run into an issue, then they create a ticket back with me saying, hey, there's an issue with the server. I don't know how to fix it. What should we do? Yeah. You know, and then I go, call Randy. He'll know what to
0: do. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the last call you're going to make. So, and by the way, with
1: Keenan technology, sarcasm and dad jokes are free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. How real of an issue is cybersecurity for small businesses, right? Like sometimes I think of, okay, big companies. Falling into one of those phishing scams, or this stuff happens to big companies. But as far as the the local small business, are they encountering a lot of cybersecurity issues? So let, let's run a scenario by you, just a, a, a hypothetical.
1: Let's say a a construction company has, you know, they have five five nailers out on site, and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And but they have the the significant other other of the the main construction person is at home. And they get an email that says, you know, something to the effect of, we're going to close down your business account. If you don't log in and authenticate it, we're going to shut it down. And they don't do anything with it because they actually go, this doesn't seem right. But then the carpenter comes home and sees it, doesn't ask about it, and clicks on it and puts in the username and the password. Okay. So what, what has probably just happened is, is they're going to pull it up and it's going to be some weird website. It might be, you know, Kenan technology slash Citibank. And it's just yep. a weird, a weird website that looks exactly the way it's supposed to. And what has just happened is, is that end user has given their username and password for the real site. They can't log in. They can't do anything. So they're like, oh, it's broken. So they go and they have dinner and in the following hours, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's a month later, sometimes it's that same day. Their bank account gets cleaned out because somebody logs in and just sends all the money overseas, or, or create, you know, uh, they they use the information and, and like during a closing, you know, think about a closing like a you know we're we're clear to close, send the send the escrow over, and somebody interjects in there and says, oh, we changed our bank account, and you know now it's this, and you send over a hundred thousand dollars worth of esc- escrow from on a big on a big project. Well, then we're all in trouble, I think, you know, because that's the stuff that's happening.
0: That definitely happens. I've, I've heard horror stories on our end of things, not necessarily yeah. Norcom related or any transactions I've been involved in, but people I know. That, that, I don't that know about you,
1: but as a small business, if, if I were to wake up today and my bank account was empty, you know, that could be, that could be very detrimental. If, if by chance, like imagine, imagine like a doctor's office, if they got like an encryption virus that basically rewrote everything on their system. Mm-hmm. That actually happened to me a few years ago where I was called on a Sunday from a BNI referral who yeah. said, hey, my friend says that you might be able to help us with this. And I'm like, okay, so what's going on? And this is like 1230 in the afternoon on a Sunday. And I'm like, meet me at your office at one.
0: Yeah, got to I run over right. to go
1: now. Because it was the weekend of Thanksgiving and it had happened before Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. So that encryption virus had admin privileges on the system and just kept rewriting to all the systems, ruling the server, everything. You would go to click on something and at the end it had all those garbled, you know, you've been hacked and all this kind of stuff. You click on it it would open it and say, if you need it, if you want it back, you have to pay Bitcoin and you have to do all this kind of stuff. I mean, it was, right. it was an expensive proposition to get them back up and running.
0: So what's the, I, I guess I don't understand how you prevent against that. Or, or were you stepping in that case to like, yeah, I mean, I guess tell me about it, but like you say, like an email gets sent to, stay-at-home person of the construction company and then the worker comes back and does it but like what can be done to prevent that situation from happening so like with the email sections you you know you can have like spam filtering and and malware
1: filtering and phishing you know Mm -hmm. scenarios that 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 can do all that kind of stuff and i'm a i'm a firm believer that education is really where it's at randy Mm -hmm. you know having those conversations with people and and you know kind of the uncomfortable conversations conversations around passwords And having, you know, like, multi-factor authentication on your accounts. And, you know, so that way, even if somebody got your password, if they don't have your multi-factor authentication to get into your bank account, guess what? Now you get a notice that somebody's trying to log into your account from, you know, from Connecticut or something.
0: Do most people understand what multi-factor authentication is? So I
1: think, in all honesty, it was funny, I was having that conversation today. and, And I do actually think that the majority of people are now seeing that everything they want to do is asking for that to you know either yeah. put the app on your phone or we'll text you or we'll you know yeah. there are all kinds of ways around making sure that you can get a code to be able to yeah. you know the issue is is that a lot of that stuff can still be spoofed people can spoof your phone number and they send you that code to your phone number like text it
0: you know so if okay. somebody
1: really wants to get into your system
0: they'll pro- they'll get in i guess or there's yeah.
1: You know, let's imagine on your, on your property, if you had a, a 12 by 12 building that was just cinder blocks and a steel door,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I bet you I could figure a way in if I really wanted in. Yeah. You know? So, but
0: that, I guess that's not what we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about the virus stuff that's just kind of done on a mass basis yeah, where. Not, you, yeah. We're not talking about. It, someone like trying to specifically target you and your business.
1: And that, that can happen though. What about yeah. an ex-employee?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, think about.
1: You know, like one of the things I worry about with any of my clients who are like medically based, Mm -hmm. is I worry about the HIPAA compliance. I actually went through the process this last fall and I'm actually certified HIPAA compliant as an IT company. Oh no, now that doesn't make all my clients HIPAA compliant, but it does make me HIPAA compliant. So I at least understand a little bit better. And I, I work with a vendor to help me bring those clients up to speed so they can actually become better protected against these things. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I always worry about is what if uh, one of the, like the providers, uh, you know, a dentist or, or a dental hygienist or, a, you know, a chiropractor or somebody like that walks away th- from their computer just to run out real quick and use the restroom and they leave it open. And let's say I'm in there and I'm pretty good with computers and let's say my ex-wife goes to the same, but I don't know where she is. And then I go look it up. And I find that information, even though there's a protection order against me. And I go to, so I have these, like, of course, that's very far-fetched to say, oh, that could happen. But let's face it, those those are the kind of things that happen. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I'm always very, very leery of it. Like, you know, and saying, geez, we know we got to make sure your machine locks after like 30 seconds. we got to make sure, you know, that these things happen. And that really the, you know, getting people so they have good habits of when you're getting ready to walk away from com-
0: your computer, you lock it. Yeah. You know, education piece comes in, like you said, oh, I'm like, sorry, the education piece comes in. Yes. Yep. So telling that tell yeah, makes sense.
1: You know, it's, uh, and it's really too bad. I mean, 10 years ago, Randy, it wasn't like this, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, you could have a, a, a somewhat hard password and it wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Now I'm insisting that people, you know, use a password manager.
0: Yeah. So is there one you recommend those things seem overwhelming to me? I feel like those things can be hacked, but you are recommending that to people. So what I do is I want to make sure that,
1: like, if, if you and I are going to talk about this, in, in, you know, like a client to a, a, a vendor type thing, I would say in using that, what it is, is you need to remember one password, but you need to also, you need to also combine that with your multi-factor authentication. I use a company called Keeper. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've used others and some of them have had breaches, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're, where they're, they've been hacked and their, their information out there. And I was using one for a really long time and I stopped using it because they just had a breach last summer. I can't, I can't equate myself. I can't call you and say, this is the best thing to use. I know they've had a breach, but don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So in all honesty, if, if I was to sit down and, and give somebody the advice, the, the two biggest things that you can do to protect yourself is is make sure you have good passwords that are not the same everywhere you go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like, you know, don't don't use, you know, I love Maine dot you know nineteen sixty eight, you know, yeah. something like that.
0: Okay. Uh, and
1: and I know that with you know, like zero trust and all this kind of stuff that's coming up and all the you know, a lot of people are you can set your password once and you never worry about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: again, depending on how that two-factor authentication works, if you're not using like an app, then you know if it's if it's being texted to you or called, again, people can spoof those things. You know, somebody who's really good at, at doing that stuff, it can it can be dangerous for you. Yep. You know, yep. but yeah, I think that you know, data security and privacy of your of your you know your personal stuff. Mm-hmm. What's your acceptable risk as a company? Yeah. You know, small companies are just as susceptible as anybody else because they're going to hold you ransom or not. Yeah. You know, if they if they can if they can hold you ransom, they'll do it. They don't know whether you've got a million dollars in the bank or, or twelve dollars.
0: So, are you talking about just being held at ransom in general, or are you talking yeah. now about ransomware as a thing where like your systems? I've
1: I've read, I haven't had anybody? I've had people that have gotten ransomware, and we've been able to, you know get back from, you know, using backups and things like that and get them back. So
0: you just wipe the system back to the most recent backup. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Now,
1: you know, like it's not, it's, you know, there are, there are those people that you get the ransomware and they're like, Hey, you know what? We have all of your data. You know, I have, I, you know, Randy, I have your whole, I have your whole client list. Yeah. And I'm going to actually send that and put it out on the web so people can see all your clients. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a, a huge data breach anyway. So like, I, you know, anybody that's ever done a, a, a mortgage with you, you know, it's, that means that their, their names, their address at that time, my my social security number's there, mm-hmm. all of those documents are somewhere. And yeah. if that's, if that has been compromised, they can hold you ransom that way as well. It's not just the changing of files. It can be like, I have all of your hard drive. Do you want, well, me, like to, do you the, want me to put it out there? incentive
0: to comply with that though, right? Because like, you know, say you gave someone money, right? You paid them in Bitcoin, right? That's, you know, some type of crypto weird stuff. Like, who's to say that they're even going to get rid of all that stuff? You know, like, I don't know. Well, I guess it-
1: that's why, that's why you always hear, we don't ne- negotiate with terrorists. We don't negotiate. And, yeah. and that's, that's why you make sure you have good backups. You make sure that things are, you know, are secure yeah. the way they are. You make sure, you know, like your your you're, you know, ma- make sure that you're, your laptops and and like mobile devices are encrypted. So if somebody can get it, if they take the drive out, they can't get anything unless they have the 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 encryption key. You know those kind of things. It's yep. it's it's our responsibility in dealing with clients to make sure that we are as safe as possible.
0: Yep. No. Um, who's the ideal client for you? Is it? Is it a small business that's a handful so, of people? Is it a 20-person business? Is it in Southern Maine? Let me know. So, the, I actually, I have a couple that are ideal. Mm-hmm.
1: One of my ideal clients is a, a bigger client, but they have an IT person. Mm-hmm. And I work – like, I, I just got done doing so, a thing with them today, and I work with them pretty regularly to do projects and things like that. But, again, it's – they do all the day-to-day stuff. They do the password changes. They build the brand-new machines. They do all the stuff that that – I actually, I enjoy doing all of that, but it's expensive for me to do it for somebody. Whereas I can monitor all their stuff and send all of their tickets to them. Yep. And then they can say, yeah, I can do this or I can't. So, or or maybe they don't want to, you know, there are times when, you know, like we, we update all of their Sage software on this one client and it can be a pain, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go around and you have to install Sage and then you have to go to each workstation and install. And again, I told you about Mitch, that's actually what Mitch does for me is he does all of that kind of upgrading. Actually, he loves it. He rocks it every time. You know, he figures out how to do it and and, and gets it done. So that's a really good match for me is a, a company that has an IT person, but they're like, we're getting ready to hire somebody, but we can't find anybody. You know, so again, instead of hiring somebody, at, let's say 45, 50, 60, 70,000, yeah. why not talk to a team like Mitch and I and see if we can't emulate that person and take some of the pressure off the main person, putting them back into, you know, a little bit more relaxed, you know, letting them relax more because they're not just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. Cause that's what my job is. As soon as the phone rings, you know, it's an emergency. Yeah. You know, that something is wrong. You have to work on. It might not be an emergency. It might be a, Hey, we need to order some stuff. We, you know, but you know that when the phone rings it, your heart stops a little because you're like, Oh my God, what's going on? Yep. You know, you see their name on the caller ID and you're like, mm what do we, you know, I just fixed that two days ago and things like that. Yeah. So that can be, that can be good. But the second one is that five to 10 small family owned business that just needs support, but doesn't want, again, put out 50, 60, $70,000 to hire somebody to take care of it all for them. You know, I get up every morning and I go through all the reports. I go through all of the accounts. I check, I check my antivirus. I check my, you know, I check all the backups, I make sure those ran. You know, I, I, I have policies around that. So if a, if a backup doesn't run for a day, I look to see and just make sure that it wasn't like just something like the machine was off or something, then I wait till the next day. If it doesn't run two days in a row, well then I look in to see what I can do to fix it. Yep. Things like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy working with small business. Not, not that big businesses are hard, but it, in all honesty, you build those relationships with everybody in the office. Yeah. You know, you walk in and they're like, Jim, what's going on? And, you know, and they know about my kid and they know about, you know, geez, you went on vacation last year. How was Nashville or things like that? Yeah. Whereas like with a bigger company, you can walk in and you might walk into the garage or something. And those guys are like, who's the guy in the work boots fixing the computer?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, what would you say was has been your key to success since you started your business? My key to success is
1: I really feel like, There's a bad rap for IT. You know, IT, IT people tend to not always be very personable. There are a bunch of us out there that are that are very personal and very are are, are, you know, we we use our personalities as a strength. Whereas there are a lot of a lot of IT people IT people that don't. They get kind of, you know, ingrained and like they're just there to fix it and they're just, you know. They can be sometimes a little bit more condescending to people. I I treat people with respect and I make sure that, you know, their problem, while not always my problem, I try to make sure that the repair or the fix is my problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I, for instance, on Friday, I had them call it at 520 and they said their internet had been out since three. And I I went over and I, I made sure that they were back online and ready to go for Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you know? because that's what, that's what my clients expected me.
0: Yeah. If you were talking to your old self before you started Keenan Technologies, what advice would you give yourself? Would you do anything differently? Would... In all honesty, and I, I know is going to sound, you
1: know, to some people they're going to go, oh, you know, but in all honesty, <laughs> I would tell my old self to embrace BNI quicker. It's been a great year for me. It's been a build up to this. And if it were not for me and I, my, my business would not be where it is today. You know, and, and not just with referrals and clients, it's the, it's the networking and the, basically like the board of directors that I have, you know, I'm constantly running around by myself. And then when it comes time for me to like, think about doing some contracts, I get a hold of the attorney in my group and say, let's get together and do contracts. You know, if I'm thinking about doing something differently with my financing, I, in mm-hmm. my group is, is one of my banks. So I, you know, I'm like, Hey, what should I do on this? And talking to your friends, mm-hmm. you know, and again, you and I, I mean, we've known each other now for 11 years or so, yep. and it's still super friendly. It's still awesome having you in my network definitely. Uh, and, and being able to, you know, just tap into somebody who has a different idea and has a different viewpoint of stuff. Yeah. I was a part of, of the BNI main team from the beginning. I was in for about a month or two and was invited. To become part of the, the the director and ambassador team, and I stayed as an ambassador until this year, and I just finally said, you know, I, I need to do it. I need that exposure. And the beauty of it is, is, is like you, I'm making sure to get in front of the people that rely on me, and and I am their support system. I'm going to tell you honestly, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I've made sure to surround myself with people who can help me with my business, and I let the people who you know handle mortgages handle mortgages i let yeah. people who handle banking handle banking and, and i ask them what should i do on this
0: No, yep. you know so and that's one of the good things about bni it it's is. not even the referrals it's just everything you just said it's the people that help you in other ways well it's funny because i think that's when people
1: like i can tell somebody finally gets bni when they stop caring about the referrals mm-hmm. you know like like my wife and i i mean our lives are better because of our because of my involvement in bni mm-hmm. that's that's the truth it's just how it is it, you know like in our old house we we had somebody in my group that was a paver so we had a driveway that was like 20 years old that only had the bottom coat and we were able to have them come in and like rip it all up and put the 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 bottom coat again and then put the top coat on for a new driveway yeah and it was awesome and it was all bni and and and, yeah. and i you know, knock on wood, I did get a, a bit of a, a break on it because yeah. it was B and I. But it was awesome. But at the same time, just down the road here, I've got the Great East Butcher Company who is is in my group as well. And it's awesome for me because not only am I helping out one of the members, but I'm having locally sourced goods. I'm buying yeah. you know beef that's from within a hundred miles of here and 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 chicken and products and and I'm helping somebody that's a small business in Maine trying to do well. And I yep. get to help
0: that. Yeah. I got to get over there too. I'm just never in the area passing by, but every time I'm at one of your meetings and I, I hear her talk, I'm like, I got to stop by there.
1: So what are you, uh, what are you doing on uh, Friday? Offline hit me up. We have a, we have a social going on.
0: Oh, you do. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to have
1: a lunch social over there.
0: I will. hit from you up. 11 to right, one. We'll talk about that offline. I am in town. I feel like I'm always going right. someplace. We don't want to say always... it on
1: here. Cause if somebody watches it in a year, they're going to show up no
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know we talk a lot about skiing and how you spend a lot of time skiing and i know you're a sugarloaf guy but i feel like i've been up at sunday river every friday for the past few weeks so i had to think for a second right.
1: yeah I, I started skiing when i was two That's amazing it's awesome so and and uh, you know at the risk of everybody knowing yes i am actually 54. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you've been, so, doing, it.
1: been
0: you know, doing it for a while I, uh, I raced
1: in high school i wasn't the best but you know again i was a, a You know, I'm a, I'm a fair skier. I can, I can ski almost anywhere. And, and, you know, my, my son, it's funny because I hurt myself working Mm -hmm. before my son was born or right around that time. And I decided at that point I would not ski because I had to make sure I could support my my family. You know, it didn't make a lot of sense. And and skiing was just for me because my wife doesn't ski. My stepdaughter doesn't ski and stuff. So I looked and said, I can't, I can't do this because if I get hurt, it hurts everybody. Yeah. Then my son turns like five or six and says, Dad, I want to learn to ski. And I'm like, Yes. Let's go. go. Yeah. So it became it became more of a family thing. And and actually, like my wife is on my way to the States today
0: with oh, my okay. son
1: because he's on the ski team in his yeah. high school. So he's, they're getting ready to go up there. He's gonna ski up the saddleback for the next couple of days and they're gonna go for that and I'm gonna stay here and work.
0: Such a such a cool thing. Uh, yeah, hit me up offline. i I'd love to check that out. And yeah. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. To talk about your business. Definitely want to spread the word on Keenan Technologies. So I you. um, appreciate your help in the past and you're doing I'll, a great I'll job. You're doing you this, anytime. Yeah.
1: Let's do yeah, it, we, you I mean, you want to like I... talk about technology and stuff like that. I'll come talk you. I'll come talk to you about movies. I told you I was a <laughs> Blockbuster video store manager.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't get to a lot of the things that I wanted to, but it'll just give us a reason to do it again. So I appreciate it, bud. Thank you. All right. We'll be in touch.
1: Have a great day. Bye.